Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Tango's History where today we will be talking about the Axis attack on the Soviet Union. So make sure to grab a glass of water because it will be a long one, I know that for sure. With the situation in Europe and Asia relatively stable, Germany, Japan, and the Soviet Union made preparations. With the Soviets wary amount or wary of mounting tensions with Germany and the Japanese planning to take advantage of the European war by seizing resource-rich European possessions in Southeast Asia, the two powers signed the Soviet-Japanese Neutrality Pact in April 1941. By contrast, the Germans were steadily making preparations for an attack on the Soviet Union, massing forces on the Soviet border. The Soviet-Japanese Neutrality Pact, or Niso Choritsu Joyaku, also known as the Japanese-Soviet Non-Aggression Pact, or Niso Fukashin Joyaku, was a non-aggression pact between the Soviet Union and the Empire of Japan, signed on April 13, 1941, two years after the conclusion of the Soviet-Japanese border war. The agreement meant that for most of World War II, the two nations fought against each other's allies, but not against each other. In 1945, late in the war, the Soviets scrapped the pact and joined the Allied campaign against Japan. Also, I'm sorry, any Japanese people, which I butchered that pact name. The Soviet-Japanese Neutrality Pact was a bilateral treaty signed in the 13th of April, 1941. The location it was signed was Moscow or Russian Moscow in the Russian SFSR in the USSR. The original signatories were the Soviet Union and Japan. The ratifiers were also the Soviet Union and Japan. After the fall of France and then the expansion of the Axis powers, the Soviet Union wished to mend its diplomatic relations in the Far East to safeguard its eastern border and concentrate on the European theater of World War II. On the other hand, the Empire of Japan was bogged down in a seemingly interminable war against China and had rapidly deteriorating diplomatic relations with with the United States. These factors made the Japanese seek an accommodation with the Soviet Union to improve its international standing and to secure the northern border of Manchukuo from a possible Soviet invasion. Soviet Premier Joseph Stalin was initially unaware of Adolf Hitler's briefing to his generals that an attack on the Soviet Union by the European Axis powers would let Japan overtly challenge the United States. That briefing was based on the belief that if such an attack occurred, the Soviet Union would be too preoccupied with fighting Nazi Germany. That would make Japan feel less threatened by any possible Soviet invasion of Manchukuo, and allow Japan to have enough provisions and capabilities to start a war against the United States. The pact would allow both Japan and the Soviet Union to avoid fighting on multiple fronts. Stalin believed that his problems can be solved in a natural way if the Soviets and the Japanese cooperate. After concluding that the non-aggression treaty, Stalin, in an unprecedented gesture, gesture, 
saw Japanese Foreign Minister Yusuke uh, Matsuoka off at the train station. That was symbolic of the importance. That was symbolic of the importance that Stalin, who rarely appeared before foreign diplomats, attached to the treaty. That's weird to read. It also provided him with the occasion, in the presence of the entire diplomatic corps, to invite negotiations with Germany and to flaunt his increased bargaining power. Hitler believed that the United Kingdom's refusal to end the war was based on the hope that the United States and the Soviet Union would enter the war against Germany sooner or later. He therefore decided to try to strengthen Germany's relations with the Soviets or failing that to attack and eliminate them as a factor. In November 1940, negotiations took place to determine if the Soviet Union would join the Trivatite Pact. The Soviets showed some interest, but they asked at, but they asked for concessions from Finland, Bulgaria, Turkey, and Japan that Germany considered unacceptable. On the 18th of December 1940, Hitler issued the directive to prepare for an invasion of the Soviet Union. Operation Barbarossa or Unternehmen Barbarossa was also known as the German invasion of the Soviet Union. Uh, it was the code name for the invasion of the Soviet Union by Nazi Germany and some of its Axis allies, which started on Sunday, the 22nd of June, 1941, during World War II. The operation was named after Frederick Barbarossa, or Redbeard, a 12th century Holy Roman Emperor and German King. By the way, just a little fun fact, the Holy Roman Empire, um, a long, long time ago, was basically Germany. The operation put into action Nazi Germany's ideological goal of conquering the Western Soviet Union to repopulate it with Germans. The German General van Ost aimed to use some of the conquered people as slave labor for the Axis war effort while acquiring the oil reserves at the, of the Caucasus as well as the agricultural resources of, so, of various Soviet territories. Their ultimate goal included eventual extermination, enslavement, Germanization, and mass deportation to Siberia of the Slavic peoples, and to create more Lebensraum, or living space, for Germany. Operation Barbarossa lasted from the 22nd of June to the 5th of December 1941, and lasted five months, one week, and six days. It was located in Central Europe, Northeast Europe, and Eastern Europe. The result was an Axis failure, opening the Eastern Front, an Axis failure to reach the A to A line, or the AA line, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, beginning, and it was also the beginning of the Soviet winter counteroffensive. The belligerents were from the Axis side, Germany, Romania, Hung uh, Finland, Italy, Hungary, and Slovakia against the Soviet Union. Commanders of the Axis were Adolf Hitler, Walter von Grosich, Hermann Göring, Franz Haudler, Fredor von Brock, von Bock, Gerd von Ruderstedt, Wilhelm R. von Lieb, Ion Antonescu, 
and GCE or no CGE Mannerheim. The soldier, the commanders for the Soviets were Joseph Stalin, Jedri, uh, Georgi Zhukov, uh, Alexander Vasilevsky, Semyon Budyonny, Clement Voroshilov, Semyon Timoshenko, uh, Markian Popov, Fyodor uh, Kuznetsov, uh, Dmitry Pavlov, Ivan Ivan um, Tulinov, and Mikhail Gerkonos. By the way, Gerkonos, um, let me look at this. He was killed in action. And Dmitry Pavlov uh, received the um, capital punishment, aka the death penalty. So that's nice. The units involved were the, for the Axis were Army Group North, which consisted of the 16th Army, 18th Army, and 4th Panzer Division. I'm going to go through, through this quick because there's a lot. The Army Group Center, the 2nd Army, 4th and 9th Army, 2nd Panzer Army, and 3rd Panzer Army. This is still for the Germans, by the way. And last for the Germans were Army Group South, which consisted of the 6th, 11th, and 17th Army, with, including the 1st Panzer Army. And also including Romania's 3rd and 4th Army. The independent armies were the, army, the German Army of Norway and the Greek Army of Croatia. Is it Greek? Nope, Finnish, Finnish, it's Finnish. I'm stupid, sir. Soviet armies were the Northern Front. We're at the Northern Front. There was the 7th, 8th, 48th, 52nd, 54th, and 55th Army. At the Northwestern Front, there was the 11th, 27th, and 34th Army. The Western Front had <clears throat> the 3rd, 10th, 13th, 16th, 19th, 20th, 22nd, 24th, 28th, 40th, and 50th Army. Southwestern Front had the 5th, 6th, 12th, 21st, 26th, and 37th Army. And the Southern Front had the 9th, 18th, and Coastal Army. The strength of the Axis were, or at the front line, st strength from 22nd of June 1941 were 3.8 million personnel, uh, 3,350 to 3,795 tanks, 3,030 to 3,072 other AFVs, um, 2,770 to 23,435 artillery pieces, 17,081 mortars, 600,000 horses, and 600,000 vehicles. For the Soviets, their front-length strength, which lasted from, or which was also on the 22nd of June 1941, was 2.6 to 2.9 million personnel, only 11,000 tanks, and 7,133 to 9,100 military aircraft. See, that is a lot less. Well, not including aircraft, but that is a lot less people than the Axis had. But they still won. Soviets be wilder. 
The casualties and losses of the Axis were total military casualties of over a million. But the casualties broken down of 1941, according to German Army medical reports, including Army of Norway, 186,452 killed, 40,157 missing, 655,179 wounded in action, and 8,000 evacuated sick. 2,827 aircraft destroyed, 2,735 tanks destroyed, and 104 assault guns destroyed. Other involved country losses were 114,000 plus casualties, at least 39,000 dead or missing for Romania, I think, yep, Romania. Italy had 8,700 casualties, Finland had over 5,000 casualties, and Hungary had 4,420 casualties. Okay, let's get into the Soviets. The Soviets had their total military casualties were 4,973,820. The breakdown of casualties of 1941 based on Soviet archives were 566,852 killed in action, 20 no, 235,399 died from non-combat causes, 1,300,000 no, 336,147 sick or wounded via combat and non-combat causes. 2,335,482 missing in action or captured. And 500,000 Soviet reservists captured while still mobilizing. 21,200 aircraft, of which 10,600 were lost to combat. 20,000 tanks destroyed. Well, I just read 21,200 21, aircraft, of which 10,600 were lost to combat. How were the others lost? Hmm. In the two years leading up to the invasion, Germany and the Soviet Union signed political and economic pacts for strategic purposes. Following the Soviet occupation of Bessarabia and northern Bukovina, the German High Command began planning an invasion of the Soviet Union in July 1940, under the code name Operation Otto, which Adolf Hitler authorized on the 18th of December 1940. Over the course of the operation, about 3 million personnel of the Axis powers, the largest invasion of the force in the history of warfare, invaded the Western Soviet Union along a 2,900-kilometer or 1,800-mile front with 600,000 motor vehicles and over 600,000 horses for non-combat operations. The offensive marked a massive escalation of World War II, both geographically and in the formation of the Allied coalition, including the Soviet Union. The operation opened up the Eastern Front in which more forces were committed than in any other theater of war in history. The area saw some of the world's largest battles, most horrific atrocities, and highest casualties for Soviet and Axis forces alike, all of which influenced the course of World War II and the subsequent history of the 20th century. 
German armies eventually captured some 5 million Red Army troops, or Soviet Red Army troops. The Nazis deliberately starved to death, or otherwise killed, 3.3 million Soviet prisoners of war, and a vast number of civilians as the hunger plan worked to solve German food shortages and exterminate the Slavic population through starvation. Mass shootings and gassing operations carried out by Nazis or willing collaborators murdered over a million Soviet Jews as a part of the Holocaust. The failure of Operation Barbarossa reversed the fortunes of Nazi Germany. Operationally, German forces achieved significant victories and occupied some of the most important economic areas of the Soviet Union, mainly in Ukraine, and inflicted as well as sustained heavy casualties. Despite these early successes, the German offensive stalled in the Battle of Moscow at the end of 1941, and the subsequent Soviet winter counteroffensive pushed the Germans about 250 kilometers back. The Germans had confidently expected a quick collapse of Soviet resistance, as in Poland, but the Red Army absorbed the German Wehrmacht's strongest blows and bogged it down in a war of attrition for which the Germans were unprepared. The Wehrmacht's diminished forces could no longer attack the, along the entire Eastern Front, and subsequent operations to retake the initiative and drive deep into Soviet territory such as Case Blue in 1942 and Operation Citadel in 1943 eventually failed, which resulted in the Wehrmacht's retreat and collapse. On the 22nd of June 1941, Germany supported by Italy and Romania invaded the Soviet Union in Operation Barbarossa, with Germany accusing the Soviets of plotting against them. They were joined shortly by Finland and Hungary. The primary targets of the surprise offensive were the Baltic region, Moscow, Ukraine, with the or Moscow and Ukraine, with the ultimate goal of ending the 1941 campaign near the Archa Archangelus Ar Line. That is so weird to pronounce. From the Caspian to the White Seas, Hitler's objectives were to eliminate the Soviet Union as a military power, exterminate communism, and generate Lebensraum, or living space, by dispossessing the native population and guarantee access to the German or to the strategic resources needed to defeat Germany's remaining rivals. German concept of Lebensraum, or the German pronunciation is Lebensraum, meaning Lebens living space, uh, comprises policies and practices of sed settler colonialism, which pro proliferated Germany from the 1890s to the 1940s, first popularized around 1901. Lebensraum became a geopolitical goal of Imperial Germany in World War I, which lasted from 1914 to 18, originally as the core element of the September program of the territorial expansion. The most extreme form of this ideology was supported by the Nazi Party, or NSDAP, and Nazi Germany until the end of World War II. Following Adolf Hitler's rise to power, Lebensraum became an ideological principle of Nazism, and 
provided justification for the German Eastern or for the German territorial expansion into Central and Eastern Europe. The German General Plan Ost policy or master plan for the East was based on its tenets. It stipulated that Germany was or required a Lebensraum necessary for its survival and that most of the indigenous populations of Central and Eastern Europe would have to be removed permanently, either through mass deportation to uh, Siberia, extermination, or enslavement, including Polish, Ukrainian, Russian, Czech, and other Slavic nations considered non-Aryan. The Nazi government aimed at repopulating these lands with Germanic colonists in the name of Lebensraum during World War II and thereafter. Entire indigenous populations were decimated by starvation, allowing for their own agriculturists or agricultural surplus to feed Germany. Hitler's strategic program for world domination was based on the belief in the power of Lebensraum, especially when pursued by a radically superior society, people deemed to be part of non-Aryan races, with the territory of Lebensraum expansion, were subjected to expulsion or destruction. The eugenics of Lebensraum assumed the right of the German-Aryan master race, or Herrenvolk, to remove indigenous people in the name of their own living space. Nazi Germany also supported fascist Italy's Spazio Vital and Imperial Japan's Hako Ichiu. Although the Red Army was preparing for strategic counteroffenses before the war, Barbarossa forced the Soviet Supreme Command to adopt a strategic defense. During the summer, the Axis made significant gains into Soviet territory, inflicting immense losses in both personnel and material. By, by mid-August, however, the German Army High Command decided to suspend the offensive of a considerably depleted Army Group Center and to divert the 2nd Panzer Group to reinforce troops advancing towards central, central Ukraine and Leningrad. The Kiev Offensive was overwhelmingly successful, resulting in encirclement and elimination of four Soviet armies, and made possible further advance into Crimea and industrially developed eastern Ukraine, which, which made uh, the First Battle of Kharkov. The Second Battle of Kyiv was part of a much wider Soviet offensive in Ukraine known as the Battle of the, of the Dnieper, involving three strategic, by the way, I think I pronounced that wrong, involving three strategic operations of the Soviet Red Army and one operational counterattack by the Wehrmacht, which took place between the 3rd of November and the 22nd of December, 1943. The day it started, or its dates were the 13th or the 3rd to 13th of November 1943 which was the offensive operation and the 13th of November to the 22nd of December 1943 for its defensive operation location was Kyiv in the Soviet Union and the result was a Soviet victory the belligerents were the Soviet Union and Czechoslovakia versus Germany the commanders of the allies well in this case the Soviets were Nikolai Vautin and the commanders and leaders of Germany 
were Hermann Hoth and Erhard Roth. Units involved were the 1st Ukrainian Front and for Germany the 4th Panther Army. Its strength of, or the Soviets' strength, were 7,300,000 men and 7,000 guns and mortars with, with seven, no, 675 tanks and assault guns and 700 combat aircraft, but the strength of Germany is unknown. Casualties and losses of the Allies were 118,042 men, 28,141 killed, missing, or captured, 89,000 wounded or sick, 271 tanks um, from 3rd to 13th of November, and 125 aircraft from 3rd to 13th of November. The casualties and losses of the Germans were 16,992 men, 2,628 killed, 13,083 wounded, and 1,281 missing. Following the Battle of Kursk, the Red Army launched the, Belog the Belgorod Kharkov offensive operation, pushing Erich von Manstein's army group south back towards the Dnieper River and Stavka, the Soviet High Command, ordered the Central Front and the Zoro no, Vorodneza Front to force crossings of the Dnieper. When this was unsuccessful in October, the effort was handed over to the 1st Ukrainian Front, with some support from the 2nd Ukrainian Front. The 1st Ukrainian Front, commanded by Nikolai Votin, was able to secure bridgeheads north and south of Kiev. The diversion of three-quarters of the Axis troops and the majority of their air forces from France and the Central Mediterranean to the Eastern Front prompted the United Kingdom to, re to reconsider its grand strategy. In July, the UK and the Soviet Union formed a military alliance against Germany, and in August, the United Kingdom and the United States jointly issued the Atlantic Charter, which outlined British and American goals for the post-war world. In late August, the British and Soviets invaded neutral Iran to secure the Persian Corridor, Iran's oil fields, and preempt any Axis advances through Iran and toward, toward the Baku oil fields or British India. By October, Axis operational objectives in Ukraine and the Baltic regions were achieved with only the sieges of Leningrad and Sevastopol continuing. A major offensive against Moscow was renewed. After two months of fierce battles and increasingly harsh weather, the German army almost reached the outer suburbs of Moscow, where the exhausted troops were forced to suspend their offenses. Large territorial gains were made by Axis forces, but their campaign had failed to achieve its main objectives. Two key cities remained in Soviet hands. The Soviet capability to resist was not broken, and the Soviet Union retained a considerable part of its military potential. The Blitzkrieg phase of the war in Europe had ended. By early December, 
freshly mobilized reserves allowed the Soviets to achieve numerical parity with Axis troops. This, as well as intelligence data, which established a, that a minimal number of Soviet troops in the east would be sufficient to deter any attack by the Japanese Kuwaitung army, allowed the Soviets to begin a massive counteroffensive that started on the 5th of December all along the front and pushed German troops 100 to 250 kilometers or 62 to 155 miles west. That appears to be all I have for you today. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow for another episode of our World War II series. Also, sorry for the late release. I have been recording this all day, trying to find a better audio. So, with that said, have a great day or night. Whenever you listen to this, wherever you listen to this, I don't really know. I'll see you guys in the next one. I am Tango. Good night.